Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, for example, this is a Bears pod. The Bears are two and a half dogs at home. What are you going to say about that, betting fans? Look, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a very special episode, a sit-down with the enemy, if you will. We're very lucky to have on the pod right now, Sports Illustrated's allcolts.com and Believe in Colts host and the Believe Podcast Network, Jake Arthur. Jake, thank you for joining the show. How are you, man? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you here, and we're talking Bears-Colts. It's week four already. Bears are 3-0, and Colts are 2-1. and Colts let one kind of slip through their fingers week one, but they're a competitive team. They got a really great defense. They got a veteran quarterback who's off to a really good start. It feels like a bit of a statement game on both sides of the ball this week. How are you previewing Bears-Colts, and how do you feel about your Colts right now? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, approaching with cautious optimism right now because the Colts really could not have had a better last two games. Uh, They're winning by a margin of 23 points, but but they're killing the weakest opponents, really. They they beat the Jets and the Vikings. It's two teams that just have really struggled. Uh, Everyone kind of views this game against the Bears as a true measuring stick. Uh, the Bears are are 3-0, and but they're not like a dominant 3-0. and You know what I mean? Um, I don't think anyone's seeing them as like the cream, you know, the, the very cream of the crop. But they're a good team. Um, the, the Colts are a talented team, but we really need to see if they're going to keep shoot, if they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, which is something they're really good at when they lose. Uh, that's what happened in Jacksonville, basically. They, their, their performance wasn't all that different than the last two weeks. But so many self-inflicted wounds just kept giving Jacksonville opportunities. Uh, but yeah, if, if the Colts can keep things clean, uh, then I think this is going to be a nice, close game. Uh, I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. I really like Nick Foles. Um, I'm more of a full supporter over Trubisky. Uh, so I think this is going to be a, a nice, tough matchup. It feels like an inflection point. It feels like the true week one of the NFL season for both of these teams. We're in the same boat, you know. The Colts, 1-7, and seven, I think, combined records against their opponents. That one win beating from the Jaguars that beat the Colts week one. Bears are in the same boat, 1-7 and seven between the Lions, Giants, and the Falcons. I think we're both ready for a true test. We feel like that we're a competitive team. And for us, too, it is the Nick Foles era. We're starting anew, if you will, and we're interested mm-hmm. to see what that offense looks like. On the Colts side of the ball, want to hear about that defense because I know Bears fans are concerned about that. But let's just start with how the offense looks and what's your take on Phillip Rivers so far? Uh, yeah, Phillip is doing pretty much exactly what they're asking him to do. The first game, uh, we got a, a pretty good glimpse at gunslinger Phillip. Uh, he, had, he had the two bad interceptions. And honestly, he had a third interception that was called back uh, on a penalty. So they kind of saved him on that one. Uh, but no, his his interceptions on that were very much uh, the the type of Philip Rivers plays that people got concerned that they were seeing last year with the Chargers. 
Uh, he's settled down quite a bit in these last two weeks. Uh, the Colts are a run-based team, so they're kind of they're kind of letting the run game lead them, and then taking what the defense gives them in the passing game. Uh, but he he's been really efficient. He's leading the league in completion percentage. Uh, they're not taking as many deep shots as maybe we thought. I think that's coming because what they really want to do is you know lead with the run game and then use the play action to get those big chunk plays in the passing game. And Matt Ryan was able to do that a bit in the first half last week against the Bears. So I think we may see that a bit. Uh, I, I think they're just kind of feeling some things out because they have unfortunately had some injuries. Uh, Paris Campbell and, and Michael Pittman Jr., two of their top four receivers already out for a while. Uh, Jack Doyle missed week two, and he's someone they asked to do a little bit of everything. Uh, Marlon Mack, their starting running back, goes down in week one. He was the true three-down back, uh, running, receiving, and blocking. So I I don't know that we're really going to see what the Colts want to look like offensively, maybe for another couple weeks. I think they're just kind of adjusting to the cards they're being dealt right now. Uh, but Phillip Rivers at the helm has definitely been the upgrade they're looking for. A lot more stability. Uh, he's he's willing to make, I guess, some more ballsy throws. He's got a little more confidence to him. Uh, so it's it's just the injection of life they kind of needed into that passing game. Because uh, even though he's he's missing a little arm strength than when he was younger, of course, he's 37. Uh, I, I think he knows how to throw the deep ball still. It's it's more uh, based on timing now than arm strength. He knows he's got to get the ball out uh, earlier, and then so his receiver can go run under it. it. It's not like a Josh Allen thing where he can flick his wrist and it goes 60 yards and meets the receiver downfield. Uh, so R- Rivers has dealt with maybe some of the, the diminished abilities in his arm, but he, I think he still looks pretty good. And you talked about play-action efficiency. A red flag for Bears fans because the Falcons, like you said, torched us several times early in the game, late in the game too as well with Calvin Ridley. That kind of got the Bears fans' uh, hairs on the back of their necks just standing up a little bit to be burned like that. And with Phillip Rivers, what I've been able to just sort of glom on from the early parts of camp was that he kind of came in and they were able to get their offense rolling on a fairly efficient, you know, uh, progression, if you will, based on, you know, just how Phillip Rivers was playing. It seemed like he acclimated himself fairly quickly, so they're able to get off to a pretty decent start. You talked about the running game with Marlon Mack being out, but I do want to hear about Jonathan Taylor. He's on my fantasy team. It's going to hurt me this week to root against him. But so far, so good from the rookie. He's got a ton of talent. And just uh, tell Bears fans what he brings to the table. Uh, Yeah, so he's looked pretty good so far. Uh, There's some room for improvement. I, I think there were some things he was able to do at Wisconsin that it's just not coming as easily here in the NFL. Uh, the, the Colts obviously have a very good offensive line that creates some holes, but his peripheral vision isn't quite developed uh, quite yet. Uh, he's not seeing maybe some of the holes that are developing to the side. I think he's probably worried about following his assignment and you know which running lane he's supposed to take right now as he gets his feet wet. Uh, more film study and things like that are going to make his, his running style a little better, I think. But right now, he's, he's productive. He's fallen forward. He's really not getting negative plays. Um, but he, he's, he's a stocky guy. He brings that toughness. We haven't seen a lot of those big, flashy chunk plays yet. 
Uh, he did have runs of 12 and 16 yards last week. But honestly, they, they were kind of inside runs and barreling forward through defenders. Uh, so I, I think the biggest thing we've seen so far is his power. Uh, we all know he has speed. He, he ran the fastest 40 among any running back at the combine with four, a 4.39 uh, in February. So he does have speed, but it's his power right now that's showing the most. And that's the potential. Bears fans got to know this defense has got to tackle that dude if they yes. want to bring him down. You also mentioned he's a rookie. Not to take anything away from Jonathan Taylor, he perhaps is suffering from the same thing that a lot of rookies deal with. Different position, but Cole Komet on the Bears right now, we talk often about they're not reacting as naturally as probably they will, what, in the next six, seven, eight games and then further on into their career. They're just trying to hit their assignment and just trying not to mess up, right? And in terms of pass blocking, you got to imagine a rookie without Marlon Mack. A lot is on his shoulders. I think a, I think a person that the Bears fans, they're going to learn his name on Sunday. Talk to us about Mo Alley-Cox. Off to a great start, burning up the waiver wire on fantasy. You guys got to be happy about him so far. Absolutely. He's, uh, his progression is coming along great. Uh, so this is his third year. Uh, Chris Ballard, I think that was Chris Ballard's very first signing when he came on in 2017. Uh, was this former basketball player out of, shoot, I can't even think of it now, but the smaller school. Um, and they, they've they kind of been able to do exactly what so many other teams have tried to do is get these huge former basketball players to play like basketball players at tight end, you know, go up and get the ball, be able to out jump guys. Uh, the funny thing is, you know, a lot of those guys are actually kind of finesse too. You know, they're they're not tough yet. But the very first thing that uh, Mo was able to do was block. He's just such a big, broad guy, and he's got these huge hands. And blocking just came really naturally to him. And uh, because of some other injuries to the offensive line and Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron over the last couple years, they needed him to block a lot more. Uh, they, they knew he could catch the ball. He had an insane one-handed catch back in 2018 with Andrew Luck against the Raiders. Uh, it was on all the highlight shows that week, uh, but it just showed them, yeah, this guy can catch the ball too, but he was just so much better at blocking at that point that his last two years, that's mainly what he's been doing. However, now uh, the, the tight end group coming into camp was pretty healthy. And then we all know Philip Rivers loves those big targets. Well, he, he wasn't established with any of these receivers yet. So he sees Mo Alley-Cox, and, and they hit it off pretty quickly in camp. And now uh, Mo has just kind of become his main go-up-and-get-it type of guy. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of downfield shots with, with Mo. There's been at least two or three jump balls so far, and he's averaging over 20 yards a catch, uh, at least over the last couple weeks. So we it's another thing where we kind of got to approach with cautious optimism because he's not all of a sudden – Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates or anything. I, I, I think his stats are going to come along nicely. You know, I think he had three for three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown last week. I think that's probably the kind of thing we'll see from him. Uh, his touchdown was a one yarder in the red zone. So like he, he's a weapon down there, but he's definitely someone that defenses are going to need to keep an eye on. Cause he's a big guy. And he's, he's going to have a bigger catch radius than any defender around him. 
And Philip Rivers loves him, his tight ends. He loves yes. throwing to them and targeting them. And like you mentioned, especially in the red zone, something we're going to have to keep an eye on. I want to pivot over to this defense because as a Bears fan and just watching the games, Nick Foles is now a quarterback. Thrilling, thrilling comeback in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you want to talk about, I mean, I'm starting a new business, Jake. And it's basically, uh, are you down by 16 points in the fourth quarter? Do you need a change of quarterback? Call 555 Miracles. Like, this is basically where we're at. And we think that now in this next week, the Bears offense is just going to explode for a big number. I'm not so sure the Colts defense as a team allowing only 244 yards to teams through the first three weeks. Just for reference, Bears defense allowing 377. I look up there, I don't see anyone passing for 200 yards against these Colts uh, right now. So, in your opinion, you know, them taking care of business against weaker competition or this team has talent on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, it's both. So those two defenses or those two quarterbacks that they've dominated, it was Sam Darnold and Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is one of the most hot and cold players in this league. And the Colts got bad Kirk Cousins that day. And Sam Darnold, uh, I think, got benched tonight. Timestamp uh, Thursday Night Football. Well, I think he got. I think he got hurt. But yeah, I, I don't know how it was going. But yeah, I mean, Dar- Darnold hasn't been a world beater by any means. But they took a, the Colts took advantage of inferior talent, basically. Uh, but at the same time, that defense is really good. That front seven is so much better uh, with DeForest Buckner in it. He's been unblockable at times. Uh, that's really opened up opportunities for Justin Houston and Danico Autry. Uh, Buckner has really had that trickle-down effect they hoped for. Darius Leonard, as is a two-time All-Pro, might be on his way to a third straight this year. You know, uh, so that defense is very good. The secondary has played nice. Uh, you guys are very familiar with Xavier Rhodes from his days in Minnesota. He has he shoot. I think they probably signed him for the the veteran minimum, and he's outplaying it. He had two picks last week, one for a touchdown. Um, so shoot, the, the defense is legit. I don't think they're going to completely shut down Chicago like they've shut down their previous opponents. Um, I, I think Nick Foles is more capable. Uh, they've got a good run game. Allen Robinson is probably a top five receiver in this league. So there's things there. There's challenges there for the Colts. Um, I think their defense can still have a, a decent day. They get after the quarterback. They create turnovers. Um but I think it's going to be a good game. I think Chicago's offense is going to be capable of more than what Minnesota and the Jets were. Looking forward to the game now. What is the key to success for the Colts to come out with a victory in week four? Uh, they've got to be able to run the ball successfully. That's, that's pretty much always their key to winning. If, if their run game gets shut down, you know, I mean, this is a different quarterback now. So Phillip Rivers is capable of more than Jacoby Brissett was. But when the Colts' run game gets shut down, it really creates problems for them. Uh, For instance, they're dead last on third downs right now. They don't have any three and outs to their name yet, but they're dead last on third down. Um, So if if that run game isn't clicking, then, you know, their their receiver core is pretty banged up right now. We we haven't seen any big games from T.Y. Hilton yet. Uh, So I would say the Colts have to be able to run the ball, uh, control the clock, I don't think they care as much about time of possession so much as points per drive. Uh, Frank Reich said that the other day, but yeah, they, they've really got to be able to turn those drives into points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, they've got to get the job done on the ground. 
fill in the blank for me. If the Bears do blank, the Colts will lose. Uh, if Nick Foles kills their zone defense. Uh, if, if the Colts play too soft of a zone defense, then veteran quarterbacks like Nick Foles can pick that apart all day. Uh, the last couple weeks with, with those dominant defensive performances, the coverage has been a lot tighter. Uh, but if it's real loosey-goosey like it was week one against the Jaguars, then the Bears, especially with Allen Robinson, and I'm a huge Anthony Miller fan, uh, Jimmy Graham has kind of revived things a bit too. If, if, they're, if they're letting those zones be too soft, Foles will pick them apart. And never, ever kick to Devin Hester. Got yeah, they, they learned <laughs> that the hard way, but lucky, luckily enough, we're able to overcome it. I know your listeners can't see this, but you can see over my shoulder here. That's a little photo from the Super Bowl. That's a Bob Sanders interception right there. <laughs> Real quick, what were you doing that night, and how did you celebrate? Oh God, I was at my buddy's house. Uh, we used to watch all the Colts games together. Um, when Devin Hester started running that back, his mom started hitting his dad and saying, "Rich, stop him! Rich, stop him!" <laughs> And uh, God, he didn't. Uh, he didn't stop him, Rich. He did, he did not stop him. Rich did not stop. Him. No, but uh, God, we didn't. We did not sleep that night. Uh, I think it was the next day. First, we were in high school. The next day was a two-hour delay. They gave us because the Colts won the Super Bowl and they had the parade. Probably the the coldest day of my life. But we went out to the parade. They moved it inside to the then RCA dome. But no, that, th- thank you to the Bears for giving us that because the Saints weren't as nice a few years later. <laughs> yeah, the adrenaline just carries you through the night. Yeah. I will say, you know, from a Bears perspective, I have gone back and watched that game over the years. And we were in that sucker right around the midway third quarter. We were hanging around. Tillman mm-hmm. picked off Peyton Manning. We couldn't cash in. You guys came back, and then it just sort of became more of the runaway that I think people remember it for. But a crushing night for Bears fans. I stayed up all that, all that night, too. Don't worry about yeah. it. I was up all that night, too, thinking about what could have been. Jake, before we get you out of here, we're so happy to have you on Believe in Bears. Give us a final score prediction if you want to dish. Bears versus Colts week four. Oh, man. Um, I'll give the Colts 27. That, that seems to have been my magic number this year. Uh, 27 to 17. Okay. I'm going Bears 17, Colts 13. I think it's going okay. to be I think it's going to be more nip and tuck. Slug Everyone's fest. looking for both teams to come out and really, you know, this is the team that we're going to look at for the rest of the year. And it might just be two competitive teams in a very similar, interesting place. Not the most interesting game for a lot of people, but I hope that you agree that, you know, this, both these teams think that they can make the playoffs. Both these teams are in maybe the pretender category. And whoever can come out with a win this week, I think is probably pointed in the right direction moving forward. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think they're both, they both need to keep the momentum going because they're in tough divisions. The Bears obviously have to keep pace with the Packers, who look outstanding. Uh, the Colts, the Texans luckily have struggled quite a bit, but the Titans, you know, that, that's, that's always been a tough team. They're off to a great start as well. Jacksonville has a win on them already, but no, but both of these teams are very capable of making the playoffs and they have to be able to win these, these matchups where they're kind of evenly matched. You can check out Jake Arthur's excellent content at Believe in Colts and the Believe Podcast Network. Also check out allcolts.com, Sports Illustrated. Jake does a fantastic job of bringing you in-depth looks at not just what the Colts do, but their opponents too as well. 
I was doing a lot of homework beforehand, and you did a really great job of just breaking down what's been happening with this Bears team right now, getting Colts fans ready to uh, for this matchup in week four, man. You did a great job. Excellent talking to you, man. I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. This is Believe in Bears with Joey Christopoulos. We're coming up with a preview episode in just a little bit, so stick around. This episode today was brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and we will be right back. Thank you, believers, and we will talk to you soon. Bear down. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.